Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. How are you all today? I hope that wherever you are, you are having some peaceful, joyful and hopefully adventurous moments. And one of the things when I was thinking about um, the episode tonight that came to my heart was the subject of destiny or fate or kismet. And that's one of the things that always is incredibly interesting for me. Because where you are now and where I am now has been circled, I believe, in the great scheme of things, in the great divine plan, there is a circle that's been drawn. And we are all supposed to be where we are. When there is that feeling, something deep within us that feels that it needs to change, that it needs to move, that, I believe, is when our soul is saying to us, it's time to move on. It's time to do something different. And often we are so consumed by what the world is doing, that we actually forget our inner world. And it is there that we need to retreat to, to find the answers to everything that we need to know for our life. And that is a tremendous gift. Now, I'm actually very excited. As you all know, I do get very excited about my guests, but I'm exceptionally excited today because I have a very special guest who is all the way from Los Angeles and that is the very fascinating LaCris Jordan Robinson. LaCris is an author, playwright, actor and writer-director who makes gritty dramas, westerns and period dramas. She has been acknowledged as one of the hundred most fascinating people in Los Angeles. Her talent has gained her recognition from the prestigious organizations such as the Academy Nicole, Sundance Episodic Lab, Macro Episodic Lab, the Writers Lab, NYC, and the Austin Film Festival. LaCris wrote, directed, and produced her debut short film, January 14th, a drama that was the official selection of 75 film festivals worldwide and the recipient 
of over 50 award wins and honours. Distinguished in the world of theatre, Lacris has been hailed as one of the 50 playwrights to watch by the Dramatists Guild. Beyond her artistic pursuits, Lacris is a journalist, a historian, and a genealogist. She was recently Harvard X certified under the guidance of Pulitzer Prize winning historian Professor Laurel Thatcher Ulrich. I mean, really incredible. Today, she shares her wonderful life journey. Welcome, dear Lacris. Oh, thank you, Mimi, so much. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> it's you. <She's> talking about. <laughs> I like, love oh. that. I love it. I love it. I mean, I, I'm sure, I hope it's done a little bit of justice, Lacris, oh, wow. to all that you do. Oh, wow. It's incredible. Um, it's interesting because when I think of you, Mimi, um, I've done a lot of reading on you too. You're incredibly inspiring. And, um, oh. you know, and that's part of what I love about being a storyteller is I get to know other people. So I don't think about myself very much in that way, but I am inspired by people. Um, and when I see your life and everything you're doing and the heart space work that you're doing, it's, um, th this is why I wake up. This is why I do what I do because it's, it's never in a vacuum. Um, the creation is always, I'm touched by so many beautiful souls. So part of what I think people see is it's, I'm just a mix of all these beautiful people who've touched me. <laughs> oh, what you know? a beautiful thing to say. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really it. And it's like, whoa, when you realize that you, you can't help but to continue loving and, and moving forward. It's very true. And I like so much what do you say, Lacris, where you, we are actually all part of this huge tapestry of life where intricately we are so connected with each other. We don't even realize it sometimes, but mm -hmm. every person we meet, like you say, touches us in so many different ways and each one has a reason. Yes, 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 yes. I think of the amazing mentors and beautiful souls that have come into my life and have given so much selflessly some that are still here some that have crossed over and it's all about the honor and the appreciation for everything that you receive because you know you can't do anything in this life by yourself i mean for all the accolades that are received you know that you have an amazing team behind you and that you have amazing people supporting you in your life. And you work hard for them too. You work hard in knowing that it's it's really not about you. <laughs> um, yeah. And it gives me that fuel and that passion to know that there's so much more in life, so much more. There is, and for people such as yourself, Chris, that do inspire people and their life mission is to inspire people, whatever, whether that be your work as an author, a playwright, an actor, a writer, a director, whatever you're doing, 
all of it is actually there enhancing the lives of others. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. And it's an honour, really, to have that role in life, I think, because I know that so many lives out there need to be touched. And the time has arrived where so many things can happen, even overnight in the world. You go to sleep in one world, you wake up, it's another world. And it it's totally unpredictable. And that's why people need, you know, the arts. They are so important um, to keep people going. It's really the essence of life, whether that be music, whether that be films or poetry or anything. Um, it's a crucial part that, especially in these times, I know that so many people turn to music and films and all of these things to keep sane, in fact. Yes, absolutely. Oh, for sure. I One of the things I learned early on when I started my career, and I didn't even know that I was going to be an actor or any of those things. I, I thought I was going to be a novelist. Oh, <laughs> Before I started college, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a novelist. I'm going to write books all day. And then I got to college and I realized, oh, um, I, I didn't realize that you could make a living at it, but I said, well, I probably should do something practical and just study journalism. <laughs> and, um, but, but having said that, what happened was that when I studied and started looking at the world through a news lens, I realized that, again, there's still stories to be told and I could still tell stories, albeit from the perspective of news, um, politics, social commentary. And so I moved to the Middle East and I started working for the Gulf News, which is one of the major newspapers there. And um, mm -hmm. I was signed as a feature writer. And as a feature writer, I was my task was to go out and meet interesting people, talk about interesting things that are happening in, you know, in the local setting of Dubai, talking to expats, talking to locals. And so what I found was I was on this incredible journey of not only learning about the country that I lived in, but the people. And it was such an amazing experience because I felt like I just, I was in a, I hit the jackpot. I had the privilege of writing, but also sitting in and listening to so many different stories. And that was so fascinating to me. And one of the things I had the joy of doing was elevating people's stories who probably didn't think that they had a story. Mm. But now, you know, one of the things I always stress to people when they, they talk to me is just like, well, I think I have a story, but I'm not sure. But I always, always remind people that your life is important and that everything that you do is with purpose and with meaning, even if sometimes your mind hasn't caught up with your soul. And so I always remind people that they have a story to tell. It's just crafting it. And so I had so much fun in that position, in that role, and met so many people who are still my friends today. 
And it was a bit, it was a mixed bag of when I left because I felt like it was time. Um, I had been there for three years and something was pushing me, telling me to go home, go home. And I did. And then a month later, 9-11 happened. So I think intuitively I was feeling something was happening in the world and it was time to be closer to my family, which is a whole nother, a whole nother conversation about intuition and listening to it. Ah, oh, yes, that great um, wisdom, intuition. Mm-hmm. If only we would listen to it more. Oh, yes. What a different world this would be. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to be said about that. Um, you went on sort of the other side of the world and something, whether it was the events of that time, whether it was something on a far greater level, but you followed that. And it takes a huge amount of courage, I think, Chris, to follow one's own intuition. Yes, absolutely. And one of the things I've learned is that, you know, so much of life is about purpose, about listening to your own voice, about also looking at the signs that are all around you. And I know that we often get distracted by, you know, the daily life. And so sometimes we miss things. But one of the things I'm really hopeful about is that I'm seeing people stop a bit more and pay attention a bit more because so much has happened to us in these last five years or so that we can't take anything for granted. And for many of us, we've decided that we're going to live, yes, as you say, an inspired life and to move with a lot more purpose than before. Because even though life is very long, it's also very short, right? Mm. And we are students and teachers at the same time. And it's really humbling to see what's happening around us. But you are still, I want to say in lots of ways, you're still in control of your life. You're in control of your thoughts, your control of how you move on a daily basis. And that's power. It's so powerful. And when you recognize that you have this power in your hands, really anything is possible. And that's how I've tended to move in my life. When I recognize that, yes, I just have to have that courage to push forward and live this beautiful life. And when I think about my ancestors and I think about the lives they led and the insurmountable sometimes challenges they face, I don't really have any issues. I don't have any problems, so to speak. When mm. I think of my third great-grandmother, Charity Davis Caesar Brody, and her living literally off the land and trying to find survival in the first free state of Ohio, where it's nothing but wildness and possibility, but also a great deal of strife and and what in war, what have you, with the Aboriginal and settlers coming and warring. So I think about that. I think, what's that like to live in a war zone all the time? It's, mm. it's, I can't even begin to imagine that. So that humbles me. 
And I, I think to myself that there were so many sacrifices that our ancestors made for us. And I move with that knowledge and understanding and often will pause and say, okay, what would they do? How do I move? And so when you realize that we're on this incredible journey to learn, because earth to me is a school, that you're here to learn. And there's you know, sometimes no right or wrong answers. You just go, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's yeah. a very, very deep thought that mm. your ancestors, my ancestors, mm -hmm. had, I think, an incredibly different and I can imagine a difficult life mm. in so many ways where they had to fight for a lot of things that didn't come easy. And when I hear the stories of my great-grandmother and the things that she went through, I think, how oh, did she do it? You know, she had five children and one of them died at 18 and she brought all these other children up on her own as a woman. How did they do it? And that makes me more determined, Chris. I don't know about you, because I think, well, if she could do it, and she was widowed at a very young age, then that must be in the genes. There has to be something that she fought for, that your ancestors fought for so strongly yes. that yes. you owe it to their memory you actually not not just that but you owe it to the bloodline mm -hmm. to do all that you can because yeah. um it carries on through generations and thus keeps on carrying on and it's such a strong force isn't it oh yes i'm so so glad you're saying that when you speak of it, it it causes you to to carry on because you have to you have to there is an obligation a responsibility to be better and that's what my mother used to always say i want you to be better i want you to be better i want you to have more options i want you to go forward and that to me is what definitely pushes me and propels me because you, you know you you have to honor what has been provided and put in front of you, quite frankly. And when you recognize and know your history, you know your past, you also know where you're going and where you should go, quite frankly. So this whole concept of being a better person isn't just a cliche, it really is a responsibility that you owe to your ancestors, that you owe to this world that you're in and your soul's purpose and the reason for being and the reason for why you're alive. It's, it's so cosmic and metaphysical, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. I I'm smiling all the way through that you're saying this because it's true, it is so much more. It isn't about how your grandmother or grandfather or great-grandmother or great-grandfather and great-great-great. Um, it's not just about, oh, well, you know, they lived and mm -hmm. they passed on and 
No, no, no. There is something so much to learn from elders and they are so precious and people have lost that um, where they just mostly, sadly, don't understand how important it is to actually respect that generation of people. And I would love to have my great grandmother here now. I would ask her all sorts of things because I know it would be wise. It would have a huge, huge knowledge behind it. But people aren't interested in that. But the ones that are, such as yourself, you know, you owe it to your whole family mm. to be the beacon of light and Absolutely. to be that change that will propel all of your ancestors into a much greater and much more dynamic, as you say, metaphysical state. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's what drives me. And, and the, the genealogy journey uh, started about seven years ago. And it's I'm really been... fascinated. Sorry. I have to say to the listeners, sorry to interrupt you, but I get excited about this because this, we have an expert here in genealogy and you must tell us what does it mean on a practical level? And then I have so many questions to ask you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Whoa. You know, genealogy for, for your listeners is, it's a study of your family's history on so many different levels. It's very, very layered. And for those of us, most of us are, are what they would call laymen. I am studying to be certified in genealogy, which is a whole nother layer as well. But most of us, you don't necessarily need certification. You just need to have a, an amazing sense of curiosity to know who your family is. And I think most of us do some genealogy without realizing it. We know our grandparents, we know their grandparents, we know where we're from, we know our villages, we know our towns, we know our cities, and we do it without even recognizing it. And it's really just a study of your fascinating family whose stories are just waiting to be discovered. And I cannot tell you enough how excited I get every day when I pop into my family tree, because there's always branches that you, you have to put aside for a moment because you're studying something else. And one of the things that's really fascinating, if you don't mind me kind of plugging my family. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Um, we have an organization called Charities Children Project. And my dear, beautiful cousin has been on a 20 plus year journey to just uncover so much about our family. So we have been on an incredible quest to help people to do the same thing through our um, nonprofit and to also let people know that you do have a family story that is worth telling today, right now. Um, and what we've done is really, I feel, inspired people to go deeper and to learn more because there's so, there's so many layers. There's so many things that we sometimes judge when we see on the surface about our family. One of the things that, for example, when I think about my maternal grandmother, 
She was a, a nurse, a psychiatric nurse. And there were many things about her that I did not understand. I sometimes wondered why she was so hard, why she was sometimes not very empathetic. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. But she was a loving woman when she when she was. But one of the things I learned about my grandmother was that she picked cotton at a very, very young age. She was the youngest of five. They picked cotton on a plantation in Louisiana and a small town called Bunky, Louisiana, which still exists. And of course, I'm curious about Bunky. I'm doing all this research on it. And what I realized was, can we even imagine when you speak, Mimi, when you spoke about your your grandparents, the Mm -hmm. lives they lived. I can't even imagine living such a hard life. Even before I'm five years old, I'm picking cotton. This is my life. This isn't, this isn't um, sometimes, this is every day. And then growing up in the segregated South, then having to survive that, like there are layers to her life. Mm. And as I begin to understand history more and understand her life more, I was like, there's no judgment at this point. <laughs> I get it, grandma. I get it. You know, but how do they articulate that to us? Right. How do they articulate the layers of their lives? So sometimes those stories that we don't know are the very stories that we need to know to understand and have more compassion for not only our families, but for humanity. Right. Because, Mm. yes, what what survival instincts did your grandmother or great grandmother go through when she was a young widow? Can we imagine that? Sometimes we have those life experiences, but Mm. on top of their life experiences, they didn't have technology and phones and and cars and running water and all of the conveniences that we have. Right. So you have no choice but to humble yourself in that. But the genealogy allows you to get deep with these stories and to see where they lived and to see the times that they were living in and to have just a truer appreciation for them and to say, whoa, they made so many sacrifices for us and we didn't even know what they were sacrificing at the time. We just were, we're just recipients of it, right? Yes. So. So yes, that that's a I guess a maybe a long short answer to my fascination with genealogy, which is something I could talk about all yeah, day. I, long. I think it <laughs> I think it's remarkable. And thank you for sharing that because when um you think about your grandparents or great grandparents, do you feel as I feel, Chris, where I think, my goodness, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't exist. How simply amazing is that, first Mm. and foremost, Mm. that they actually gave life? Uh, And I heard something the other day. I don't know whether you've um, heard about this, but apparently I was talking um, to somebody who is an expert in ancestral work. And she said to me that apparently, so say, for example, when you, if you imagine this, and this blew my mind, when you were in the womb of your mum and she was in the womb of her mum, apparently 
there is a time in every female when it occurs within the womb, even I think at eight months old in a girl, where you're somehow connected to all your previous ancestors in a very, very spiritual way. Have you heard of that? I certainly have. And I'm a firm believer that we, and we know this scientifically, that energy never dies, right? Mm. And we also, some people may believe in this or not, but I, I do. I definitely believe in past life connections. I believe mm-hmm. that we have incarnated several lifetimes and we are connected to our soul, various soul families. And we have made agreements and we have said to ourselves, let's do this. Doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that we're going to have an easy life, but there are lessons, right? And so, you know, it's it just brings up so much and try not to get too emotional. When I think of the first memory I had of my mother, I was about maybe maybe eight or nine months old. And I have a memory of my mother holding me up and she's playing with me. You know how you tickle your, your children, and, you know, mm-hmm. up in the air. And I remember that moment very vividly. I remember laughing and smiling at her to the point where I could even describe the room to her. And she was really fascinated. She's like, how did you do that? And so when we think about these memories that you speak of, I can't remember the womb memory, (laughs) but thinking of it, we feel so much. We feel so much. Mm -hmm. And particularly we see this in children when they tell us things like, how do they know this? Because they're so connected. But yes, I'm a firm believer that we are connected. We are actually living out lives again and again and again. And are supposed to this is what is meant to happen for us and i use a lot of these spiritual things in my writing i know i'm often channeled i know this (laughs) you know sometimes things come out so quickly i'm like whoa and you realize that your ancestors are speaking through you all the time every day so yes memories are there even if we are not cognizant of them at the time it's it's beautiful beautiful stuff It is. It's such a beautiful feeling to feel that you are part of something so wonderful as your family in the sense of that three, four, five hundred years ago, what was happening then? Hmm. What were we part of? Where did we meet? Did our ancestors meet and that is why we are meeting now in this time yes was there a promise on a completely different level of well one day you know our descendants will meet Mm. how do we know Mm. and here we are it's so deep so deep wow it's fascinating because I think maybe that they see so much mm. and guide us. And I don't know if how you feel about this, but sometimes the body sometimes is limiting. 
and mm. you and you feel this um, when you're meditating. And sometimes, yes, you must come back to earth <laughs> and yeah. continue to do what you promised you would do. But there is those moments in, in deep meditation that things become so clear. And some people travel, some people um, do what they they reconnect in the way that they must. And for sure. And it's sometimes it's as simple as just going deep within, tapping into the empathic part of yourself and saying the why. And this moment right here that we're having to me is I'm smiling from ear to ear because I know that I am connecting with an amazing soul right now in this time. And this was meant to be in this time. And I'm so grateful to be able to talk about this in a world that is going through so much right now. But I definitely believe that, or not just believe, but know that there's so much goodness that's going to come out of this drama that we're experiencing all over the world. And we're being reminded that with every new path, sometimes you have to, to use a word, you have to burn the house down, right? In mm. order to get to something greater and better within yourself. Uh, wow, this is a deep, deep moment here. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I totally, totally agree. And I'm smiling because it's 100% true for me also that here we are, in this moment, in this time, honoring each other, honoring every person out there that's listening, that then will pass the energy on to all the people that they know. And it creates this huge rippling effect that actually reaches beyond what we can see with our eyes. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, definitely. Mm. And I know that you are so fantastically, fantastically successful in your career in the film industry. But you see, that is your earthly job. Mm. And I think for you to have become so successful, it must come from another place. Mm. Yes. Deep yes. within you, something that needs to be expressed on earth, as you put it so wonderfully earlier. It's on this earth that you need to express your magic, your soul, your heart, and it has to be tangible because it's okay if we can collect stars from the sky, but not everybody can hold that star. They're not ready for that. So if you can put it into mediums such as the work that you do, it becomes easier to understand and easier then for people to remember who they are. Yes, absolutely. Oh, wow, you, you just said it brilliantly. <laughs> it is so true. And 
the stories that I've told have often been rooted in history. They've often been rooted from my own personal experiences. And I can't even really say that I'm writing fiction. <laughs> I say yeah. that because it's fiction, but I also know that in that there is so much that's real. And particularly when people share their stories with me and they say, oh my God, I was so moved by that. I had this experience or I had, or I so resonated with this story. Um, I'm currently in pre-production for a film right now. And we are talking about the concept of how women are treated when it comes to their health. It's, it's, a, it's a movie called Discarded. And it's a woman's journey, without giving too much away, <laughs> it's about a woman's journey to, to better health, if you will. She has stage three breast cancer, and she's trying to navigate the medical, you know, if you will, the medical bureaucracy of getting proper treatment. And I know this story isn't, isn't about this fictional character, I know this. This is about the thousands upon thousands of women around the world who are trying to navigate this system and finding care and getting the best care possible. And this, this particular project came to me from a mutual friend. But again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, why was I chosen for this? Why, why do they tap me to direct this movie? And again, it's, it's outside of what I would have chosen for myself, not saying I'm not interested in the story, I'm very, very interested in the story, but I'm kind of going about my day and, you know, writing historicals and all of these different types of stories. But yet this story is so important because I myself and women that I know have had to navigate the healthcare system and fighting sometimes for our lives. So even though I didn't think that this was a story that was something I could tell, oh my goodness, it is so very much a story that I'm supposed to tell, right? Mm. I realized that again, it's spirit working. <laughs> yeah. It is spirit telling the Chris do this. <laughs> and I am 300% in because my goodness, um, I know it's not about me. It's not. This is a, a story for the women who cannot speak and who need to be heard. And um, yeah, that that's the stuff right there. That's the stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's these things on earth that you've been sent to do. Mm. Some things we can't explain, can we? Why we do the things we do but we know that we must do them. And to us, they may seem such small things, but in fact, they are huge things and can touch so many people's lives. Yes. So this is why it's so important, like I said earlier with your work that you do, that you are able to touch so many lives. And I know something that you wanted to talk about is about um, artists, isn't it? 
Yes. Mm. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, wow. It's, it's a really interesting time, as we know, and we're seeing a lot of contraction. We're seeing a lot of, you know, jobs and industry changing in front of us. And the things that we are loving in our craft is being, if you will, tested and people are saying to themselves, okay, well, I have a family. I have to choose my art. I have to choose making a living over my art. And it's really, it's really causing some struggle with people across the world. On one level, you see a lot of work being created, but the other side, artists are really saying, oh my goodness, all I wanted to ever be was XYZ, and now I can't do that anymore. But one of the things I'm finding, and I went through this for myself too, when the strikes were going on here in America, the writer's strike, and then the actors went on strike, um, was assessing the what next, what's next, what do we do next? And with technology, with what we have in front of us, you can still be that amazing creator. Just have to tweak some things. And I want artists to always know that no one can ever stop the art, can never stop it. Now you might not be able to create it the way that you once did before. Reinvention is always necessary. That's what evolution looks like. But I definitely don't want to see artists in despair. I want them to know that they can still continue to create. It just has to look different. And because we can't lose that, we can't lose our voices and our creations. And I know there's AI seems to be everywhere and we're talking about that. One of the things I'm encouraged by is that now there's new conversations around AI. How do we actually use it ethically? How do we use it to enhance rather than take away from who we are? Because ultimately in the end, I arrogantly will say that artists, we are the AI. <laughs> you know, there's nothing artificial about us, right? <laughs> that we are creating, always have been creators. And if there's anything that AI is creating, it's because it already was here before, right? So I'm never going to ever think that there's an intelligence greater than, for one, the source, right? And mm-hmm that that particular, you know, device or what have you is greater than source. Source is always greater, <laughs> you know. And what, um, is, what is source for you? What does that mean for you? Um, you know, some people will say universe, some people will say God, some people will say various things, nature, mother nature. Um, I always go back to... I humbly know that I did not create myself. I know this. Whether you are an atheist or not, I did not create myself. This, you know, imperfect, perfect being. (laughs) So I'm always going to defer to that which came before me and that which will be here after I go to another, you know, life, planet, or space and time. And so that humbles me greatly. And 
when you understand on a metaphysical level that you are that you are big but also not so big <laughs> it's a it's a contradiction isn't it mm, yeah you continue to move with service and you move humbly and you never get too arrogant about it because you can't <laughs> you just you just can't i it, no matter how many books i read and how brilliant i may be i can't recreate the beauty that was here before me perfectly as it was given to me like for instance i can be an artist and paint that tree and it looks amazing but i did not create the tree and everything that makes a tree a tree if that makes sense <laughs> yeah it does actually it does and i'm seeing people more and more being called back to this basic yet beautiful truth that really without the source as you call it um and people call it the universe or whatever people want to call it it's up to them i call it god mm -hmm. um and that's my belief but everyone is free to believe whatever they want to believe and that mm -hmm. is the whole point and everybody is on a different journey on a different level of understanding of completion as well mm. but maybe maybe what about if people actually saw that there is a power far greater than themselves mm. that there is a beauty that abides in every single one of us that is connected to that eternal power that created everything people would not be so afraid people would not be so desperate what do you think about that chris mm, yes oh my goodness it is so profound what you said mimi because whenever i feel unsure or uncertain and doubt there's always a moment of pause and reflection it doesn't always come right away of course we're imperfect but there's always a reminder that it doesn't have to be that you are here to learn and to grow and to be a better version of yourself from day to day to day. And I think once people accept that reality, that they don't have to be perfect, that this is a school, that this is an education, that I think that's so freeing because the, the desperation comes from lack, am I correct? It comes from yeah. lack, it comes from, you know, not feeling good enough, it comes from Oh my God, if I don't get this, I'm gonna, this isn't gonna work, this isn't gonna work, and this isn't gonna work. And so you stay in this perpetual state of fear. But going back to your tools, if you will, your intuitive tools, you can see the why of things. Sometimes you need the pause. Sometimes things need to leave your life. 
Sometimes things need to come in. Sometimes you need to stop. I, I think quickly about how I had a, a serious injury a few years ago. I ruptured my Achilles. I was performing on stage and mm -hmm. during performance, I ruptured my Achilles. You could call it a freak accident. But one of the things I realized in that moment of, I guess you could say disability was it slowed me down and I was able to reflect on so much of my life. And I also ended up writing, <laughs> writing a whole play, which is now, um, it's become now a TV pilot that I'm developing. So I say all that to say that that one major accident humbled me on so many levels. I have now more compassion for people who have been injured, I mean, who are maybe permanently injured. I have more compassion for awareness in the slowing down, slowing down your life sometimes. Mm -hmm. Also, in that slowdown, I created something that needed to be created. So there were layers to that one accident, <laughs> you know, layers to this. And But it took a while to recognize the why of it. At the time it happened, I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm in so much pain. Why is this happening to me? I can't travel. I can't move. Like, woe is me. I'm always crying. I can't, I can't get out of bed properly. You know, so there was a lot of those moments. Yes. Uh, yeah. Of rehabilitation. It took me a good six months to find my literally footing again. Um, but man, that that lesson by itself taught me so much, so much. And that's why they say that the greatest healers and the greatest teachers are the ones that have gone through this chasm of fire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you had to go through that to be where you are now with that understanding and that realization. And you so eloquently put it where this earth is a school. And sometimes I bang my head against the wall because I keep having to relearn the same lessons <laughs> again and again. And I think, and I say to myself, oh gosh, you know, why did you do it again? <laughs> Obviously, you haven't had enough. Okay, let's go around again. Let's go around and around again until you've learned your lesson. And then you just have to sit and laugh at yourself, Licorice, because yeah. you realize the ludicrousness of it. <laughs> yes, it's so true. It's so true. It's so true. It's like, you. What, what, you know, that feeling where you just think, why did I do that? What yes. is that all about? Um, How many times do you have to bang your head against the wall? And, um, you know, and sometimes I just sit there and I just think, oh. And it's so true. That's why it made me smile when you said it's a school. It is a school. And you just, you've got to learn the lesson. You do. I mean, you can skip the school, you can leave the class, you can say, oh, I don't need that lesson. You can do all of those things. Well, you think you can. <laughs> exactly. And then it comes right back. Yeah. <laughs> it comes right back to you. And it's true. On the, you know, there's a famous saying of, um, I can't remember it, maybe you know it, where um, on the road to avoid your destiny, you actually met it in front of you, something like that. You cannot avoid <laughs> a, a lesson. You can't do it no, because, you, you know, it's going to be packed in your suitcase and no. you're going to face it 
I don't know, three months down the line, exactly the same lesson. That's right. You cannot escape it. And no, you can't. <laughs> not. And you find that ooh, when you when you just you know let let it go and say, okay, I surrender. <laughs> yeah. You learn so much. That's the beauty of it. You're still yes. learning. And when that problem or situation comes up again, you have so much more strength than you thought you had. And yeah. again, going back to the sharing of the stories, when we share our stories and we share our experiences, we really realize that we're not alone. We're not. It's, it's true. Yeah. It's true. It's so true. And I was thinking today ahead of our um, talk, I was thinking, look at this fascinating subject now of life where you are across the world. And somehow, you know, I think and believe this, that souls and hearts call out to each other at exactly the right time. Because I do believe in soul contracts. I do believe that there is something where we agree, you know, the book of life that we're given before we arrive onto this planet. And sometimes I just can't believe that I agreed to some of the things that I did. I thought, why did I agree to that? What was my thinking? why did I say yes? <laughs> was, exactly. I mean, was I mad or what? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so true. You know, why did I agree to that? For goodness that's sake. And incredible. why did I agree to meet that person? Why? <laughs> well, exactly. I've certainly been in those situations where I'm like, and I've said it out loud in frustration. Why, God, why? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? And of course, it's a victim thing, right? You remember victim. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And then you think it's a test. It's a yeah, test. So I said to my friend, it's a test. And whatever happened, she went through a period of a lot of things. And I said, it's a test. Look, we're in a test. <laughs> and she'd say, why does everything have to be a test? <laughs> I said, well, I don't know. And I just thought that would make you feel better. <laughs> And I'm your test because I'm saying it to you <laughs> and it's irritating you. It's a valid question. Why does it have to be a test? Yeah, why? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, so and sweet. how do you ever graduate um, from the, the lesson? Thing. That's what I want to know. <laughs> Some things I feel like I've graduated from, but then it comes right back and now it's an advanced and Be careful math what you're class. saying now, <laughs> I know, right? It's an advanced class. Like, oh no, I didn't want the advanced math class. No. <laughs> Stop showing off now because you just don't know. <laughs> just I'm when done with math. I'm done test. with math. <laughs> oh dear. And you get all proud and then life comes and slaps you again. Sure it does. It sure and does. Just be humble. You know, I think to myself, Mimi, just be humble. Just stop it now. And and it's like your ego says, I think I'm humble enough, don't you? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yes. And you yes. know when it said that, you that can. obviously. You're right. It's like, no, we're not done. You've we're lost not done. it. 
that's it's like quite the work of studying again. Yes, yes, yes. It's I a mean, funny old game, this life, isn't it, Lucrez? It certainly is. It <laughs> is. And you know what we're doing here? We're finding humor in it, which I think helps a great deal. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I love comedy. And one of the things I say about comedy is comedy is drama that we can now laugh at. Because as it's going on, it's not very funny. But the reason why I think so many of us love comedy is because we are far removed from the situation now. Yes. And we can laugh like... And we can laugh tears. about it. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, I, I have some friends in my life who can find the comedy in the tragedy in the moment. Um, mm. That's a gift. It's a skill within itself. I haven't yes. mastered that at all. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm getting better at trying to find the humor in things um, because if you don't find those light moments, life can be pretty, you know, pretty dark. So even when I write my darkest stories, there's comedy mm. in it because if you don't have it, then you're just down this spiral. But um, but yes, you know, humor humor makes a difference. <laughs> It it makes all the difference, especially if you can laugh at yourself. Mm. It becomes so much more or less serious. And, you know, there is this great thing of the divine comedy, and it really is. Um, because you know when you're about to, I don't know, what's the polite word of saying it? When you're going to um, fail the test, you mm. just know it's going to happen. And yeah. you can't help yourself. Mm -hmm. and we all need that comedy we all need artists here we are we <laughs> need artists for everything in our life yes yes for everything for everything I mean I'm a huge fan of music and um it, and poetry and it's something that you know, they are the most powerful people, artists, because wherever you go in the world, they are the freedom fighters. They are the inspiration for people. They can actually change people's hearts. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And I think that's why in times gone by, they were very much feared. Because yes. if you think about poets, for example, that can be so divinely inspired, they can change nations. Yes, they can. Yes, there's so many examples of that. Mm. So yeah. you are in a prestigious mm. position in mm. so many different ways because your spirit moves through all these different vessels that you have and that you do, you're in a very powerful position. It is certainly, certainly that. And I also know that it's a huge responsibility. And yeah. particularly when we talk of, moving images such as films and movies and and i always i mean i've been watching movies 
since as long as I can remember as a child and being moved by characters that I didn't even understand or, or know very well. And, you know, particularly I was a big fan, always a big fan of foreign films and sitting Me in too. movie theaters, just watching these fascinating mm -hmm. movies. And I think my filmmaking style is very much, um, very, if you will, European in the sense that it moves really slow and deliberately. It's all about the character. It's all about the moment. Um, and I've been influenced by so many great artists across the pond, if you will. Um, and having lived in Europe for a time, I was in Germany for a moment and, you know, loving the countryside of the UK and being all over and knowing that you feel something different when you're over in Europe, you just, it's just different than America. It's so different. And being inspired by the artists there. And sometimes the, I won't even say sometimes, but the real world issues that we have faced historically and that have moved me as an artist, understanding the responsibility of our combined history as nations. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And as you say, the European cinema, especially of the 60s and 70s, I think, mm -hmm. the French films, the mm -hmm. Italian films, they are iconic in their um, whole portrayal of life. Mm -hmm. It's... It, it seems so real, so intense, so yeah. deep. I mean, I think of, I used to watch these um, films when I was young and, um, you know, especially, you know, with Catherine Deneuve or Alan Delon mm -hmm. or Sophia Loren, uh, all these types of intense, there, there were some comic moments, of course, with them, but it's this intensity of life where, people actually are allowed to feel. Yes, yes. Permission to feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, I could talk all day. <laughs> the influences, it's just, it, it's yeah. just incredible. And, I, and all of this is before I even knew that I was going to be in entertainment. I was always a writer. I never envisioned myself doing any movies any acting, any of that. But I just, I, I said, one day I'm going to be a writer and I'm going to see my name on the credits. That's all I saw was writing. I didn't see um, the, the life I have now, but it also, everything I've done informs the writing. At the core, I'm always the writer before anything else. And yes, that I love your comment about permission to feel. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's so much like that. And I like it because I um, I would watch them, even though they're probably like two eras behind, but it never fails to move me. And it made me cry on so many occasions. But then I felt real. I felt what it was to be human. Yes. yes. Especially now in a world, you mentioned different technologies that have come onto the scene, but it's never about that. Mm -hmm. It is always 
if we can keep our humanity, that's the most important thing. Because ultimately, that is what we are. We are human beings with a soul that's moving through us. And we are the same. We are not different. When we go back to source, when we go back to the divine, we are the same. Yes, indeed, we are. It's... Mm. Yes, we are. That's it's so deep, Mimi. It's true. And I think we're getting there. I think we're, we're we're getting there. Some of us are really getting there understanding and wanting to connect. Times and, are changing and people yeah. are, um, I suppose, awakening from the slumber. It's necessary. And... Um, yeah, it's necessary. It, with all things, you you have to go through the storm to get to the other side of the, the calm seas. Yes. Yeah. And that's the test. Mm. And that's the huge life test for all of us, is to surpass all of that and still to remain people that have compassion, that feel and no technology can overtake that or can replace that. Um, we can work alongside it, as you say. But we must first remember that we are human and that we have a huge power. Yes, absolutely. Now, I want to tell the listeners out there about your website, which is fantastic. Because if you go in there, it's like a who's who of everything and everyone. And Lacris, you have won so many awards for your work. I mean, that's just to name a few. What I've um what I read out earlier, you have done so much. And is there anything in particular now that you're doing that's in the pipeline that you would like to tell um, the people out there? Yes, actually, I um, earlier mentioned the short film, Discard It, that I'll be working on with Mm -hmm. an amazing, amazing cast. They're just going to be just brilliant. And I'm also developing a couple of features, uh, specifically one about Josephine Baker and her time as a spy during World War II. So that's incredible. That's very interesting. It's it's so interesting. I mean, she's such an incredibly fascinating woman. I mean, just insanely fascinating. And to learn about her life like you think you know so much about her but when you dive into that aspect of her you realize like who was she like and there's so much i'm sure that we don't even know because you know it's top secret right (laughs) we don't even know the other side of that doing other things so that is always uh that's a story i love going back to repeatedly 
And, you know, there are other projects in the works, but those are the two immediate ones that are taking up um, a lot of my brain in a good, good yeah. way. Yeah. And, um, and then I have another feature, which is kind of different from what I typically write, but it, the mm -hmm. undercurrent of it is it's a drama. It's called Poe's Disciple, which is based on a book called The Raven, which is Poe-inspired, um, Edgar mm -hmm. Allan Poe-inspired. So speaking of poetry and in Poe yeah. and getting into his head, um, that is so deep. And at the same time, there's a redemption in this story. It's it's deep. It's so deep. So I'm having I'm having a really great time with really great stories <laughs> right Excellent. now. Excellent. Excellent. I love um, to hear this. And for people who want to find out more about your work, Lacris, where can they do that? You can find me on my website, of course, at lacrisjordan.com. Mm -hmm. I'm on Instagram as well. I'm on Facebook. I don't do TikTok. I, I do enough video <laughs> on my yeah. own. But you'll find me also on LinkedIn as well. We can connect there. So yes, I'm I'm accessible. <laughs> I'm out there. Fantastic. I want to thank you sincerely for an absolutely wonderful, heartfelt, funny, and really amazing time with you tonight. Oh, Mimi, this was like the highlight of my entire, entire week, right? Oh, <laughs> I've been smiling, I've been smiling the whole time. <laughs> and so just, I'm trying not to cry. You were so amazing as a soul. I feel you. And the whole, throughout this whole exchange, we're having the love and the compassion and the mission work you're doing is so amazing. And I'm just so glad I met you. And again, like you said earlier, this is not an accident. There's a reason for this. Yes. And thank you so much for having me on today. It's an absolute honor, an absolute pleasure. And I feel exactly the same. Absolutely. I would mirror everything that you've said because it is so incredible to meet kindred spirits, in fact, that can meet on a level that's beyond time and space in a way and have such profound meaning in those moments together. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And come again. Absolutely. Come again. And we can talk about French and Italian and European uh, films because yeah. we could go on and on and we can share our little lists of films yeah, and compare notes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you that. again. I wish you it's daytime, isn't it, in Los Angeles now? Yes, it is. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I wish you a wonderful day and um send my love to Los Angeles and I send you lots of love. Thank you, Mimi. Back at you. This has oh. been incredible. <laughs> Take care, LaCris. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Bye. LaCris Jordan Robinson. What a delight. It's an absolutely wonderful thing that we can all share each other's moments 
and company, even if we are across the world. Amazing. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. And I absolutely appreciate each and every one of you. Enjoy the moments. Until next time, look after yourselves and lots of love. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life, brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music and inspirational work, take a look at her website, www.miminovic.co.uk.